Sanctuary Choir, we do have something to dance about all the time. We do a dance for peace now on Pentecost. We did a dance on Easter. We danced and pranced all our way throughout the Easter season, did we not? And we're going to get, well, some of us, Reverend Kristen. <laughs> and we are going to continue dancing because that's what God calls us to do. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we are thankful that on this Pentecost Sunday that your spirit is ever-present, filling up this room, but also filling up our hearts. We are thankful, God, that wherever we are, there your spirit is, empowering us to be the people of God. We ask you now to help us hear all the things that spirit would have us hear. May we see what you would have us see. And God, may we be blessed this day. It is in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Well, Pentecost Sunday, do you know what this day means? No? No guesses? Nothing at all? Pentecost means 50, 5, 0. 50 days after Easter. It's the day when Jesus, when the followers of Jesus finally started to act as one body empowered by the Spirit. Now, traditionally, this day is called the birthday of the church, Right? Um, I like to refer to it as the birth of a movement, if you will. You see, Pentecost is about the birthing of a spirit of renewal, a movement of renewal. That's what Jesus was about, of renewing people's lives. And that's what the Spirit is about, renewing all of our lives, not just individually, but also in the context of a community. And so Pentecost is about God's Spirit renewing people. Now, we all are in need of renewal every once in a while, amen? When we're all in need of renewal, what do we do? How do we know when it's time for renewal? Well, I can tell you, when we just burned all of these prayer requests, when the prayer wall becomes so colorful with every prayer request that become, becomes to look like a rainbow mosaic, if you will, it may be time for a renewal of sorts. When one unfortunate incident after another begins to happen in your life and you become weary and you get down on yourself. When you're so emotionally exhausted that all you can do is sit and cry and yell out, why God, why? It may be time for renewal in your life. When you begin to blame yourself for all of the problems that you have in your life, it may be time for renewal. When you begin to blame your closest friends, those who you hold dear and near to your heart, it may be time for renewal. There's the story of a woman who had a mild heart attack, and as she laid in the hospital overnight, she noticed her husband was in a chair right next to her hospital bed. And as she glanced at her husband for several minutes, just reflecting on their relationship, she then began to speak to him, telling him, honey, you're always there for me. Always right by my side. A few years ago when I slipped and fell and nearly broke my tailbone, you were right there with me. Last Thanksgiving when, when we, were cooking for, uh, we were cooking a big meal for Thanksgiving and I was frying that turkey and I nearly burned down the whole house and burned us all up, you were right there with me. When I was driving on the highway and I was rear-ended and I hit the guardrail and had this horrible accident, there you were, right there with me. And the husband turned to his wife and grabbed her hand and said, Honey, you don't have to thank me. I will always be with you. Always. And then the, the wife quickly removed her hand from him and said, Thank you. I'm not trying to thank you. Your bad luck. Get away from me. You know? <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> Too many times we're blaming others 
for our problems, when you begin to blame your significant other for all the problems that you have in your life, it may be time for renewal. In the first century, the followers of Jesus were needing a renewal of sorts. You see, they had been on a roller coaster ride of emotions for a few weeks and days. You see, when Jesus was alive, they loved it. He fellowshiped with them. He ate with them. He drank with them. He filled them with hope, something that they never had before. And then Jesus was taken away from them, arrested and executed. They went from this high to this low. And then three days later, after he was executed, he's risen. Hallelujah, they said. We have something to celebrate. We have something to get happy about again. We're on a high again. And then in Acts 1, Jesus ascends to the heavens, leaving the disciples once again. And they're left on this sort of low point, asking themselves, what's next? Imagine that. For seven weeks, what's next? What's next? And what's next? And then after 50 days, what's next happens, and that is the day of Pentecost. Now, the day of Pentecost was a day-long harvest festival where farmers and peasants would offer the first fruits of their springtime harvest. Israelites called it the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of the Harvest. It was meant to be a celebration of the goodness of God in people's lives. We do like to celebrate the goodness of God, right? It was meant to celebrate who God was in people's lives. And so we can imagine the followers of Jesus joining in this festival atmosphere. You can almost imagine carnival. At least that's what I like to imagine. And then in the morning, after partying all night and offering the first fruits, the disciples and all the followers of Jesus gather together to continue to celebrate God's goodness, even amidst their questions, even amidst their doubts, even amidst their feelings. And as they were all celebrating in one place, the sound of a rushing wind fills the house. And the Spirit appears on every person there in the form of a flame or a tongue of fire. Now, why a tongue? Why a flame, people ask? You see, because in the Torah, God is known to speak through burning bushes. Remember the story of Moses. But of course, the story of Moses. Moses was a prophet. The people in this place, they're not prophets. They're just followers. These people are peasants, tax collectors. They're prostitutes and so-called sinners. They're not prophets like Moses. So why is God all of a sudden speaking not just to them, but God is actually speaking through them in so many languages? You see, God isn't supposed to speak through people like them. God's spirit is supposed to renew and rest on Kings, God's spirit is supposed to rest on prophets, on priests, on rulers, men of esteem and great honor. Not these marginalized peasants and these outcasts. They were saying to themselves, how is this spirit resting on people like us? You see, this was something new. It was so unexpected that even the townspeople begin to hear all these noises. And they question whether the disciples have been pulling back the bottle all morning long. Maybe they're drunk. They've been drinking. That's why they're uttering all this gibberish. And the apostle Peter then goes outside. He begins to tell everyone that these people are not drunk. What these people are experiencing is the day of the Lord. He quotes the prophet Joel. 
that in these last days, God's Spirit is pouring out God's Spirit on all people. Now be sure you hear this, because this is new, this is radical, this irked people. You see, the day of the Lord in the last days was not supposed to look like this on all of these people in the upper room. The day of the Lord was supposed to be a judgment day where God comes and he huffs and he puffs and he's going to blow all your houses down, if you remember the three little pigs. And so what God was going to do on judgment day was God was going to punish all of Israel's enemies, all of the people of God's enemies. God was going to huff and puff and judge them all because they treated Israel so wrong. He was supposed to judge them. That's what people thought. So people who stole from you, people who hurt you, people who caused all sorts of problems in your life, that God was supposed to judge them in the last days. The day of the Lord was also judgment against Israel. It was also against the people of God. It was also supposed to be against us. We were supposed to be judged for all the evil deeds that we commit, you see. In the last days, God was supposed to punish us for our evil misdeeds, our childish needs, and our crying and weariness, and our struggling addictions. Punish us for our mistakes and our foolish convictions. For all the bad things that we have done to harm others and ourselves, God was going to get us, and God was going to get us good. That's what the day of the Lord was supposed to be. And many people still think the same today. But you see, in our passage today, there's something new. In Acts 2, there's something refreshing. It's a radical thing, this new judgment day. The day of the Lord, the last days, are not about God judging and punishing you and you and me. No. In Acts 2, the unexpected day of the Lord is about a loving and a compassionate God who's pouring out God's Spirit on everyone. Those who were slaved and those who were not slaves, those who were of means and those who were not of means, even peasants, even tax collectors, even the prostitutes and so-called sinners. That's where God's spirit resides now. So you see, God doesn't have to use a flaming bush in the story of Moses because God has you. You are all now the new flames of fire. We are all now a new flaming people. Amen? Amen, amen. <laughs> And so hear the story. This is what Pentecost is about. Jesus' followers who are in need of a renewal after this emotional roller coaster, they decide to continue and celebrate the goodness of God. And because they do, even amidst their life circumstances, God shows up. They are energized and they are empowered. Their internal fire is restored by the Spirit and they can now speak about God in new and fresh ways. Now, instead of talking about bad news, they can actually go out and begin to spread some good news in people's lives. They can begin to awaken folks to the truth that Spirit lives everywhere, even inside of you. You see, that's what happens when you're in need of renewal and you continue to focus on the goodness of God. God does something new. The unexpected begins to happen. There's a story of a South Texas Chicana teenager named Susana who is in need of a little renewal in her life. 
throughout her childhood, she was forced to grow up faster than she wanted, but it was for the sake of her family. With both her parents working multiple jobs to try to raise their family out of poverty, and with her being the oldest of 10 kids, she had to drop out of school to help care for her younger siblings. She really didn't want to quit school, especially since she was a good student. She excelled in all of her classes, but someone had to take care of the younger kids while mom and dad were out working all the time. And so she did quit school, and she helped raise her younger siblings, while at the same time neglecting her own dreams, neglecting her own schooling. And while her parents worked as much as possible, working all these possible jobs that paid people of color much less than they deserved, Susanna bathed her younger siblings. She fed them. She made sure that they were looked after. And after a few years, and after hearing all the stories about her school friends graduating, Susanna grew weary. She wanted to graduate too. She wanted to finish school. She wanted to renew her life once more. And so she taught the older kids in her family how to take care of one another, to bathe one another, to cook and to care for one another, to look after each other, even as their parents worked. And when the day came when she felt that her younger siblings could finally make it on their own while their parents worked, she decided to run away and pursue her dreams of finishing school. Now, she couldn't dare face her parents. They would have said no. But she left without saying goodbye, just called the taxi and took off. Can you imagine? Scared, alone. Susanna relied on God daily through prayer, affirming that somehow God is still good, that God is guiding her. And God led Susanna to McKinney, Texas. And after finding shelter with a few good Samaritans in the area, she found hope by the way of the U.S. Department of Labor's Job Corps program. Through the Job Corps program, Susanna finally received her high school education, and she received her GED. But that's not all. God continued to bless her. She unexpectedly received a music scholarship to attend a local community college. And after two years, she graduated with her own associate's degree. She was renewed and so much more. You see, a year later, she ended up giving birth to a baby boy who after 30 years of following in her mother's, in his mother's, well, her mother's, in her mother's footsteps, he not only graduated from high school, he received his bachelor's. He received his master's. And last week, he graduated from Episcopal Divinity School with his Doctor of Ministry degree. You see, for my mother, she kept praising and celebrating the goodness of God and the unexpected happened in her life and in the life of her family because she continued to affirm the beauty and the goodness of the great God that we serve. Tomorrow, we celebrate Memorial Day, a day in which we honor uh, and, and memorialize those who sacrificed their lives while serving this great country. 
And during the Civil War, there were many women in the South who would decorate the graves of soldiers who died fighting. And according to David Blight, a Yale University historian, his take was that the first Memorial Day was actually observed in 1865 with a shout out to Reverend Terry in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> but it wasn't called Memorial Day, it was called Decoration Day. And you know how it came about? It came about when former slaves, freed men and freed women, people who had experienced the brutality and horror of slavery in America, decided to honor the Union soldiers who fought for their freedom. They decided to honor them after burying 200 Union soldiers who were in jail in a military prison in Charleston. These freed slaves wanted to continue to celebrate these folks for their efforts in this holy act of emancipation. Now imagine for a moment, the war is almost ending. People are weary, they're tired. The whole country just is in need of renewal. They're in need of reconciliation. And so what did these freed slaves do? Along with black preachers and teachers and northern white missionaries and young school children, these freed slaves processed, or processed rather, to the gravesite. And they began to decorate the graves with flowers and rose petals all across. And while Union soldiers marched around the graves honoring the fallen soldiers, freed slaves began to sing hymns. Preachers began to uh, give homilies and talk about the goodness of God even in midst and after this great war. Everyone, black and white, that day they ate and they picnicked with one another. Can you imagine in the hearts of Confederate Charleston, something new happened. Union soldiers were honored in a Confederate city. It was completely unexpected. The spirit reignited renewal among those there, and a few years later, Decoration Day became Memorial Day, something we still celebrate today, especially this weekend. A few days ago, I received word of a different kind of flame, if you will. I received a note from a family telling me that there was a fire in their apartment complex this past week. Not a Pentecostal fire, but a real fire. They said that their family lost everything. All of their possessions, their valuables, their clothes, everything they lost. One younger brother made it out only with the shorts and the t-shirt that he had on. That's it. I can't even imagine going through such a thing. But in the midst of losing it all, this family, while trying to be relocated to different houses until they can find permanent housing again, do you know what they said to me? They said, Reverend Michael, we have no bed, we have no clothes. We've lost everything. But God is still good. We are still alive. Do you know what it takes in the midst of tragedy, in midst of the ashes, in midst of a fire like they experienced, that they're willing to see that, you know what, God is still good, that the people of God are still good, that there is still hope, that we need renewal, but as we continue to celebrate the goodness of God, not the fires that burn down their apartment complex, but rather the fires of the Holy Spirit will renew them to something better than they've ever had before. Thank God with your help and your donations. 
we are able to help them with food from our food pantry, clothes from our, our clothes closets. And now they're expecting the unexpected for Spirit to shower them with blessings like never before, all because of the goodness of our God. You see, Pentecost, people of God, is about celebrating God's goodness and expecting the unexpected. And so on this day of renewal in the church calendar, maybe you are in need of renewal this morning. Maybe you've been through an emotional roller coaster ride in your life. Maybe you're weary. Maybe you're tired of blaming others for all of your problems. Maybe you're tired of blaming yourself. We all need renewal. I do, and maybe you do too. And so I ask, will you continue to celebrate the goodness of God and watch spirit reignite the divine fire that lives within you? And are you willing to experience life in a new and unexpected way? Because today there is good news. And that good news is that today is the unexpected day of the Lord. Praise God. Spirit is here being poured out on everyone. Amen.